Welcome, I'm Larry Olson, and what's on your mind? Once set, it delivers your life. To change the outcomes we want, we must change the plays we're running. Join us at Mindset Playbook with real people, real talk, for real insight. Well, I'd like to welcome everyone to uh, the Mindset Playbook podcast, and I'm really excited about our guest today. And, and I just wanted to start this out by this guy came out of the womb of a world-class Olympic runner. Now, fortunately, he landed softly, started out with this work ethic of shining shoes just for the whole effort of getting the opportunity to play golf by the age of 12. He also turned pro at 21 right out of college. He's coached the likes of Bob Hope and started the largest indoor golf school in the country with over 3,500 students. Gene's been featured several times on ESPN where he and a partner, Dan Carlisle, an Olympic shooter, won the golf and shoot competition against J.C. Sneed. To share the power of his coaching in the last five years, 10 of his students have made holes in one. Now, one of Gene's proudest moments was being tutored by Charlie Sifford Sr., the first black man to play the PGA Tour, as well as a Hall of Fame inductee. He was fortunate enough to travel with Charlie for over two years, playing in multitude of events, and it made quite an impact on his life. Being flexible and creative, Gene turned his golf skills into selling and joined the ranks of the top 50 Lincoln salesmen in the country. He also sold Lexuses for several years where I had the good fortune to meet him during one of my trainings, and we became instant friends. In spite of his success and most everything he's tried, he's never fallen out of love with golf. Recently retired from the Silver Lake Country Club, as a director of instruction, Gene is currently the woman's head golf coach at D2 Ashland University, and we are so excited to have him. You know, Gene, we're so glad that you've joined us today. And, you know, with that illustrious background, I know everyone is excited to hear more about the, the ups and downs of your life, the mindset that you went through, and, and specifically some of the plays that you found most effective as you um, kind of tutored yourself and navigated through this thing called life. I wanted to start out with, you know, right at birth, what impact did that Olympic runner have on your life? Well, you know, Larry, I, I, I've thought about this uh, a, lot of, a lot. And probably the best way I can sum up my mom was with two short stories. Uh, okay. The first story was when I was playing football one time, I was playing defensive end. And, you know, of course, they hiked the ball. And here comes the runner. He's coming right towards me. And I'm focused on this guy, and I'm going to nail him. And I forgot to remember that when a halfback comes by himself, there's usually a pulling guard that comes with him to protect him. And this guy hit me and like I was a rag doll. I was in the air. <laughs> and I can remember to this day the crowd going, wow, what a great hit. But above the crowd, I can remember hearing my mother, you know, her voice. Yep. As I'm spinning in the air, she's saying, get up, damn it, get up, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so that's kind of the way my mom always was. And the, So the c compassion started at a very young age then. Yeah, and, and <laughs> you know, probably the next story is, and this has just been reported to me, I didn't witness it, but 
I once heard that my mom went into a, a gunfight with a knife and won. Oh, for heaven's sakes. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so my mom. That's pretty you know, fast. You know, my mom was a type of woman that when she got in your face, she would stick her chin out and dare you to hit her. She was, uh, she was quite the woman. Oh, man. That sounds fantastic. So your mom went to a gunfight with a knife and won. That's what, that's what, you know, I think it was kind of a joke, but that was the way that she was reported to be. So if you ever messed with my mom, you knew what to expect, you know? Oh, for heaven's sakes. Hey, did, what influence did she have on, um, on directing you into golf or was that, was that inspired by herself? Well, I tell you the story about that was, is that she, uh, was always very much said, son, do what you love, do what you want. And, but I was inspired by the fact that I could make money and, you know, by shining shoes. And then I found out that you could play golf and I was always, um, you know, I'm not bragging, but I always thought that I was a pretty good athlete and, Mm -hmm. uh, golf became very, it it became a way of life. And I just, it was just Mm -hmm. a passion. And I just loved being at the golf course and literally from morning till night, uh, that's where you could find me as I grew up. What do you think specifically it was about golf that, uh, that created that passion? Well, you know, the, the answer probably came to me after you and I spent time talking about, you know, learning what to do in life and what's right. And, but, you know, again, I, I always try and my daughter accuses me of always telling stories about golf, but the, the unique thing about golf is, is that, give me an example, you know, you walk up to a par three and of course, you know, you think about as you become a professional, you, you think about hitting the ball and it going in a hole. And um, so you get up and you hit the ball and you picture it landing about 10 feet past the hole, stopping, checking and coming back in the back of the hole. But you on this one particular day, you get up and you hit a little thin. It lands short, but it still goes in a hole. And you say, "Well, that isn't the way I pictured it." Hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and that and that's what you and I have uh, shared on many occasions, Larry. Is that the perfection of the game? It's you know, uh, Ben Hogan once once was asked, you know, how did you play today, Ben? And he said, "Well, I shot sixty three. And they said, "Well, that's great." And he said, "Well, yeah, I hit three good shots today." Uh, mm. You know, mm. and, and that's what you and I have always talked about. You know, it, and the training with you, uh, I was really ready for the teacher. You know, to, mm. you know, in my life, and uh, you've helped me uh, perfect my thinking, which has been uh, very instrumental in my life. Well, thank you very much. It means a lot to me to hear that. I appreciate that, my friend. Well, you know, I mean, uh, you know me, I I don't give out compliments easily. you know you you um with all of the opportunities we've had together to kind of refine the game of golf and and i remember one time you and i were talking while we were driving up to the next hole and you go um what are you doing and i said i'm talking to you and you go you just missed an opportunity i said what do you mean and he goes we just passed the next hole you had an opportunity to scout it out and check it out. And I'm like, well, God, I was just trying to be social and carry on a conversation. And 
you're telling me where I'm missing opportunities. And I think that's such a poignant point in life is that we're, we're sometimes focused on things that aren't going to assist us in improving the quality of our life or the skill that we're working towards. And a great example of that is I was asking for advice one time when you and I were putting. And I said, why is my putter wiggling when it goes backwards? And you probably remember what you said. Huh. How would you know that, Larry? And that changed my mind <clears throat> in the whole field of golf and life is focus on what you want, not what on you, what you don't, you know, focus on the club hitting the ball, not on what it's doing on the way back. And that, that was a, um, that was a real monumental moment in my life in many respects. And that's why I'm so excited to have this opportunity to share you with everyone, because this, these are the type of things that I think you've been so immersed in that they sometimes don't have that kind of special unique quality because it's become your, your everyday who, who Gene is. But you know, along the way with all the, all the opportunities and successes you've had, we all, we all come to times in our life when we have setbacks. What are, what are some times where you were kind of at a loss and then what transpired for you to kind of find your way out? Well, I think the, you know, I, I can start, let me start, uh, the most recent is, hmm. um, and I can maybe work backwards or this might, sure. this might promote a question from you, but you know, you, you knew my life, you know what I've been through. I mean, I've had some, you know, I've, I've, I've done great things. I've had a lot, lost a lot. Uh, but more, but most recently about five years ago, uh, just before I started at Silver Lake, I thought, you know, what have I, you know, what have I done lately? You know, what, am, you know, I, you know, and, and I think it may have even been promoted by a conversation with you, like saying, you know, Gene, what the hell are you doing? You know, what are you doing to, you know, what are you doing to change your life? What are you doing to, to be different? You know, are, are you stuck in a rut? And, uh, and mm -hmm. I, so I had this, I had this uh, sudden urge to go back and look at all my teaching articles that I'd written, probably about 40 of them. So I open them up and I start reading them. And I go, holy, holy moly, this, these don't make any sense. Is this the way I'm teaching? Is this the way my, you know, my, my students perceive me? So I, I started to rewrite every article that I'd ever written. And then uh, I, I sent them to my daughter and my daughter says, dad, who's your new ghostwriter? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it, I realized that, you know, I hadn't gone back and revisited how I teach and how I believe. And I almost thought, you know, wow, I should call up all the people I gave lessons to 30 years ago and say, Hey, here's your money back. Or I'll give you another lesson because I feel so much more compassionate about the way I teach. And I think that my teaching is so much clearer. So, oh, nice. You know, so that, so that's the way that's, you know, again, sometimes you, 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 you transform yourself and you don't realize it until you actually put your words, you know, on paper. And, uh, okay. that was, that maybe is one of the most recent, uh, mm -hmm. transformations for me, if that helps. Yes, absolutely. You know, you also, um, there's some legendary elements to you as well, which we don't always get the opportunity to, to engage with people like that. And, and, and that was your opportunity 
when you um, when you met Charlie, and um, that was a different time. And in you were you were a young man, and you were exposed to a totally different culture, different race, um, who was thrown all types of obstacles. I mean, you know, Jackie Robinson was instrumental in 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 baseball, and uh, and Charlie was the Jackie Robinson of golf. Absolutely. Um, what are some of the things that that you learned? Um, having that opportunity to spend time with him. Well, first of all, Charlie just accepted me like he. Ex- um, I, I tell the story all the time. Charlie treated me better than he treated his sons, because mm. you know Charlie came from a different. You know, Charlie was very hard on his on his children, uh, because okay. you know he realized how hard you have to work uh, to be mm. successful. Uh, I'm not sure that Charlie would agree with some of the morals and ethics of, of today. But he, you know, Charlie just immediately accepted me. Uh, I don't know why, because I, I respected Charlie. I mean, it, I was in awe. When I first met Charlie, I was in awe because he was a tour player. And I always wanted to be a tour player. And Charlie had won tournaments. And uh, he was a very quiet, cautious man at first when he first met someone because he was a t- tremendous judge of character. Um, you know, some of the stories that Charlie would tell me, uh, when we would travel and after a few Jack Daniels, uh, (laughs) I was just amazed at how Mm. he was treated as a man. Uh, Uh, I was amazed at how people treated me traveling with Charlie. Okay. You know, it was, it was a different, I, I was, again, it was an awakening for me just to see how that happened. But, uh, in, in in a lot of funny ways, uh, Charlie touched my life. Um, I remember one time uh, I was invited to play in, in the Lee Elder tournament. And Lee, mm-hmm. uh, of course, was another black player. He was in Washington, D.C. And uh, the joke was I was the token white guy in the tournament, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, but so we jumped in the car in, 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 in Brexville and drove straight to D.C., got out of the car and um, we only had like a half hour to warm up. And I, I jumped out and got my clubs and I'm hitting balls on the range. And I took out my wedge and I thought, well, I just aim at the hundred yard sign. I hit the hundred yard sign like five times in a row. I go, (laughs) Charlie, Charlie. I said, I just hit the, I just hit the hundred yard sign five times in a row. And he turned around with this almost disgusting look on his face. He looked at me, he goes, um, tell me when you hit the nail that holds it up and turn right back around and kept hitting balls. <laughs> wow. And you talk wow. about, talk about being humbled and, you know, <laughs> you go, damn, you know, what do you got to do to impress this guy? Yeah. And then he turned around and he said, well, after you do that, he said, then, then do it with a seven iron <laughs> and then take out a four iron and do it on the first bounce. And then, fade one in and then hook one in, you know, but that, <laughs> you know, but that's how those guys practice back then, even today. But, you know, Charlie was known as the guy that he was the last guy standing, hmm. you know, he, yeah, the story, was, he told it when, when he was inducted into the uh, hall of fame, which I was lucky enough to be uh, in, a, you know, in attendance, he told mm-hmm. the story about one time, 
he was on the range practicing and Gary Player was on the other side. And Gary Player was a very good friend of Charlie's and it was getting late, 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 late. And um, Gary turned around. He says, when you, when you go, when you go quit hitting golf balls and Charlie says, when you do, you know, so, <laughs> you know, so he always had that last man standing. That's why, right. you know, the same right. thing with my mom, you know, damn it, get up, you know, be the yeah. last guy standing, you know, a yeah. lot, you know, don't, don't let someone, you know, I recently told my girls, uh, I sent them an email. I said, you know, don't, you know, this year, don't get beat by people with less talent that have worked harder than you. And that, mm. you know, that's the thing that uh, you and I have talked about that a lot of times is that, you know, yeah. there, there's something to be said for a guy that just works h- harder and smarter. Um, and then suddenly, you know, when, when that moment of competition comes and you know inside, oh, my God, I, I know how to hit this shot. I know what to do. I know how to perform because I've worked on it. And that, mm-hmm. that confidence level comes up. And that's when, you know, when I witness this on the golf course with, and allow me to just monopolize for a month, but when I, Absolutely. but when I see my girls do something great and I know that we've worked on it and they mm-hmm. perform it, you know, if I'm lucky enough to witness it, I'll drive right over to the golf cart, get out and say, look, if you can do that, what else can you do? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and that's, the yeah. you know, you and I have talked about that so much is, you know, it, it's not the, you know, it, it's like the parent going, well, you, you got three wrong instead of saying you got 96 right on the test, you know, so you're constantly rewarding that, you know, the greatness that comes from inside a, a individual. Yes. Yes. That's, that's such a, such a powerful point. And that's, you know, that's that whole element is what some, something that many, many individuals and a lot of people listening right now to this miss in their life is that they sometimes feel that they've done the best they can. And I don't really believe any of us know what the best is that's possible for us. I think we have glimpses of brilliance now and then. And that's when, unfortunately, instead of acknowledging it, we say, well, even a blind squirrel, you know, can get a nut now and then. We come up with some remark that that takes it away and we no longer can own it. And it's just like you said to your daughter, you know, if you can do that, imagine what else is possible. And, and what I really want people to think about is if you can get out of bed, imagine what else is possible. It doesn't have to be another day like yesterday. And if you're not going to do something different today, then it's going to be another day like yesterday. And that's where I challenge everyone out there because that's what you taught me. You wouldn't allow me just to play golf or just to do a training because I remember the first time you'd gone to one of my trainings, you sat in the back of the room and I've all, I've seen all kinds of students like that in my life where it's who the heck is this? Why on earth should I spend any time paying attention to this guy? What could he possibly teach me? I've been to through more programs and it goes on and on and on. And all of a sudden, you attitude changed. And I don't know exactly what it was that I said. But when we got done, I, I went right over to you and I introduced myself. And you're, you're a tall man compared to me. And you looked down at me and you said, you got something. And that was one of the finest compliments I think I've gotten in years. 
And it, it instantly, I recognize that this is a guy that's been there, done that, and he's looking for an edge. He's looking for the opportunity to tweak his life so that the sameness doesn't have to continue. And that's real leadership. And that's what the influence you were in that organization. And then at the time, that was selling Lexuses. And you did a sensational job at that. But I had no idea at the time about your background in golf. And for those of you out there that have never played golf or are not interested in golf, golf is life. It's, it's a real opportunity to see what happens to us when the ball doesn't go the way we want it to, when that moment comes and we have got to scramble. And there's nothing more disappointing than scrambling. And yet you told me something about, um, what was the professional woman's golfer that just killed it? She didn't retire too many years ago. Um, what was she had? She was. Oh, Annika Sorokin's. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. You told me something about what she said when she hit a bad shot. Do you remember what that was? Well, I I, I have a couple stories about her, but why don't you refresh my memory? Okay, well, <laughs> it was something about, oh, that's too bad. And she goes, no, I'm excited to see what my next shot's going to be. Exactly, exactly. So she dropped it. She yeah. dropped it. How many of us don't know how to drop it? We, hang, we bring it to next moment. We take that setback and we sometimes without even knowing it, wonder what next is going to go wrong. Well, you know, Larry, if I may interrupt for just a second, you know, uh, quoting from a couple of great athletes, you know, Kobe Bryant was said, he said he used to, not that he enjoyed it, but he'd look forward to playing bad because he said, mm. he said what, what, what did I learn from that? You know, what, uh, well, what did I learn from playing poorly? And, uh, you know, and then probably the, the, the thing that, you know, it reinforces what you've just uh, talked about is like, you know, Tiger Woods was once asked, who do you want to be like? And he said, you know, I don't want to be like, like anybody. I want to take the best of Larry Olson. I want to take the best of, I want to take the best of Jack Nicklaus, you know, Arnold Palmer. And the one or two things that they do the best I want to take that, I want to internalize it, I want to homogenize it, and when it comes out of me, it's greater than it ever was in Jack Nicklaus or, or Larry Olson. So that's when I saw you talking, I thought, okay, I like what Larry has said, but you know what, I could even say it better. I could even <laughs> do it better because I, 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 you know, I, I plagiarized your idea, but when it came out of my mouth, it was Gene Grabick. It wasn't Larry, but I knew that the foundation came from Larry Olson. And that's, yeah. I think, as a as a, a, an instructor or as an individual in life, you know, it's okay to borrow from people. Just make it your own. Yeah. You know, make- I think it's our greatest compliment as as coaches and teachers and educators is when somebody takes it and owns it because it's not, wasn't our idea to begin with. I mean, we, <clears throat> we picked it up somewhere from something we'd experienced in life and honed it down and, and internalized it. And, you know, now it's part of who we are, <clears throat> but again, we're just, we're all standing on legends. We're all, all of our successes are based on the opportunities that have been presented to us. And even more so, like you say, the setbacks, the bad moments and what keeps you now this is this is something that i think is important for all of us to think about 
The difference between you and someone else is when you make a mistake, you don't dwell on it. And if you do, you don't dwell on it very long. And that allows you to get back in the game. What, what, what is it? What, what trigger or what play do you have that creates the mindset <clears throat> to be able to recognize it for what it is instead of, a, well, I'm a failure. Uh, that, that I tried as hard as I could. And, you know, what else can I do? You've never been the Eeyore under the bridge. And if you have, you and I have both had bad times, but we, we don't stay in the fetal position for days and days and days. And I wanted to know what is your, what is it you talk to yourself about to get you back in the game? Well, mostly it's, it's having, uh, let me just be point blank frank, and that is having friends like you that, uh, that I've learned from, friends, mothers, you know, great teachers uh, that, you know, that, you know, you listen to the little voice inside and you choose mm. to listen to the, you know, there's the good voice and there's the bad voice. But yeah, I mean, let's face it, you know, like Ben Hogan, he hit three good, three good shots in around the golf, you know, uh, and, and you, 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 uh, pardon me for me, I'm trying to find the right words, but you know, it's kind of like you don't allow yourself to carry a bag of rocks when really you're carrying a bag of feathers. Hmm. You know, hmm. I mean, you just you just realize that you, you all the great teachers in your life suddenly. I mean, it, it's like it's like this this all these voices are going off. You know, get up, okay, do this. This is what you do now. Um, hmm. You know, I mean that that's what that's what triggers me is I know that I would. You know, again, I've always expected a lot from you, Larry, but you you know that I expect more from myself. Yeah. So um, that's the thing that, that, that keeps me going is to know that I know that if I do this, that you'd be proud of me, that you know, my mom be proud of me, the people, <laughs> the people that have taught me. But, you know, but in inside, you just have that little grin, you know, that little that little swagger in your step, you get back up and you got that swagger again and, you know, and you got that smile on your face and, you know, get the hell out of my way. Cause here I come again. You know, <laughs> you know and I think that, I think the real difference too is, is how we're treated when things don't go our way. And one of the things that has always been fun hanging with you, especially when we're playing golf is when I hit a bad shot, you immediately want to know what I learned from it. And you also have a tweak about next time, you know, follow through, um, find a spot on the ball, stare at it until you've swung through it. And you've always given me the acknowledgement of, yeah, that sucked. That was probably one of the poorest shots I've seen in my life, but you didn't continue with that. Yeah. Right. I mean, we had some fun with it, but then it was, then it wasn't, let's just not talk about it. And I think if you not, if you don't have someone to talk about it with, then you end up talking about it. And many, many people don't have the skill set to be able to stop that conversation and they go up and they hit another bad one. And pretty soon, why even try anymore, right? I'm already six over. Well, you know, third you, hole. You know, Larry, one of the things that one of the greatest things that you taught me 
is, and I didn't realize it, is that, you know, I always was, I had an arrogance about me. I had a confidence about me that, look, I'm not going to talk unless I know what the hell I'm talking about. But, mm-hmm. you know, but then I realized, I forgot something you said, and I can't find the exact words. But, you know, what you taught me more than anything else was to listen, was ask questions of a student that would make them talk about what they were trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. And when they spoke, you would then take that conversation and then you would then talk back to them in their terminology. So when I teach, I try and do that now. So like, if I get you to talk about what you're thinking about, I try and repeat the same words. And many times you'll say, just like when I said, wow, my teaching doesn't make any sense. I need to rewrite it. I now, Mm. you know, I think that we now as teachers, if we get our students to talk about what, how they're thinking, I mean, it's, it's not, um, it's not meant to embarrass them. It's, it's meant to say, that doesn't make any damn sense. Do you, you, you this is what you just said. You know, what, yeah. what the hell you you know, and, and you know, so you kind of have fun with it and you break them down. You get them to relax and say, look, that doesn't make any sense. You know, let's try and make that so that now the the, the thinking is simpler, it's more streamlined, there's less movements, it's it's that swagger, that's it's that confidence that you know every step you know, you're in balance and, yes. and, and not so much in golf, but in balance in life is the, you know, sometimes the less we think and, and if we take, it's almost like, you know, you and I have talked about this and, and made fun of accountants and engineers, but you know, you can always tell an accountant or an engineer when you give them a golf lesson, they get up there and for God's sakes, rig a mortise set thing because they're thinking about 50 different things. <laughs> you know, and I, I said, right. you know, what the hell are you thinking about? And, you know, I've had guys like flip their phone open and show me three pages of notes. And I'm going, trash that, delete that. You know, <laughs> let's try, yeah. and, let's try and get four or five thoughts that are, that are harmonized into one motion. And mm-hmm. that's the thing that I, you know, that you and I have talked about, you know, is, is making your thoughts be smooth, making it, Taking, mm-hmm. you know, four or five thoughts and, you know, the setup just, you know, you walk up to golf ball and set up and that was four or five thoughts, but it was one motion because now you're breathing, you're relaxing, you're feeling mm-hmm. yourself, you know, and that happens in life, whether you're in a presentation, whether you're, you know, I mean, you make it look easy, you know, it, oh, thank you. And I, I, you know, again, I, you know, I, I don't pay compliments. I, you know, I, I easily, I, but you know, that's why I said you got something and I respected it. And I, mm-hmm. you know, so, but that's what we, I think a lot of people in life do is they, is they, you know, they overload with too many thoughts instead of saying, look, how can we take, you know, five or six thoughts and reduce them into one or two thoughts. And it's so much easier. It's so much more relaxed and the game is played. The presentation is given with more ease, whatever whatever application that you want to try and put it to life just becomes simpler and more relaxed. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned something that uh, I wanted to spend a little more time on. And that was, you talked about how important it is to listen to people talk about what they're thinking about. And in, in golf, you, you, what was on your mind when you made that swing? 
And the other element that's so important in that gene is that when you listen to what they say, that is your, now you're formulating your next question. You're still not ready to teach. Because one of the things that I teach is don't even open your mouth until you have an audience. Because just because you're talking doesn't mean anybody's listening. We are so caught up in listening to ourselves 24-7. So when you, when someone says, well, I had my, you know, I was gripping like this. Well, what do you mean gripping like this? You follow me? Right. You're taking everything they tell you and you're asking what it means. What do you mean by that? Until you have gotten to the point where you completely know what they're thinking is as opposed to what all of us have a tendency to do is assume we know because I've heard something before like this. And that's where most people go with their children. Most people go with their spouses is they hear just a little bit and then they figure they got it all down and then they roll and then they wonder why people say you never listen to me. And that was something that I've always been. You didn't learn how to listen from me, by the way, although you people think listening out there, because that's very nice of you to say that. You know how to listen before you met me, because I was aware of that by the questions you asked me when we were playing golf. And um, you go, what do you, I'd hit hit the shot, then you'd go, I'd get up to the ball and you go, where's it going to land? And I said, well, it's going to land out there in the fairway somewhere. And where in the fairway? Well, it would be nice if it was, why would it be nice if it was, well, because then I wouldn't have to scramble. Why don't you want to scramble? Well, I'd like to lower my score. Why is it important to lower your score? Well, because I'd feel great about that. Okay, then pick a blade of grass in the middle where you want the ball to go. And just by going through that, it was almost effortless that my ball went into that spot where I would have just been okay with it getting on the fairway. I would have just been okay getting up in the morning and getting through the day instead of hitting these specific targets during the day. And that I learned from you, Gene, and uh, it has been instrumental in my life and in my relationships. And I just wanted to say this in front of everyone, the world, that um, thank you for that. Well, you know, Larry, um, again, I try, you know, the important thing while you're listening to someone, I once read a book years ago, and it was Earl Nightingale, which we've all read. Uh, But Earl Nightingale had an expression. He said, when you listen to someone, you have a tendency to island hop. So, you know, I hear you say something, then I start thinking about what you just said. And while I'm thinking about that, I'm not listening to you. I'm thinking mm-hmm. about my own thought. And then I come back again. So you jump off on the island, you think about it. Um, you, you know, and, and I think that's what, as we get older, we le- we, we become better listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, 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 I appreciate it. But, you know, to summarize what you just said, uh, you know, I think as in life, if we have small targets, we have small mistakes. It's when, you know, you watch people get up on the first tee. We've all seen it. And, and they're getting up on the tee and and you're going, wow, that guy's aiming in the right woods. And he gets up and the ball goes right in the woods. And he goes, why did it go there? Well, for God's sakes, that's where you were aiming. You know, you know what did you expect? 
you know, <laughs> you know, so, you know, I mean, like you want to say, well, what the hell are you thinking? You know, you yeah. had, you know, your target was the world and the ball is, you know, you know, it's an inch and a half around and you're, you know, and you go, yeah, go look for it in the woods now, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, if, if I think all of us can appreciate the, the ideal of the simplicity in life and we sometimes have a tremendous tendency to complicate the heck out of it, you know, with this coronavirus and all of the elements that are going on in our life right now and, and what it's doing to change people's direction and their routines and, you know, the fortunate ones that are still employed and haven't been impacted by it, or at least have the opportunity to work from home where millions and millions have just, has just been so devastating, but also it's, it's just a, you know, it's, you're in the woods now, what's your next shot going to be? And that I think is what the redeeming value is and everything that you offer to your students. And I'm so excited for these young these young women that you've got the opportunity to work with. And I, I know that you were just rolling and then the coronavirus hit and everything kind of goes sideways, but it also gives us a chance now to spend more time on, on the mental preparation. That's so important. And that is something that I think all of us recognize is, is if nothing else, this has had a t has been an opportunity for people to think and kind of refocus. And that's really important because when you're in the game all the time, you can't get that perspective. I mean, even Michael Jordan, as tremendous of a basketball player as he was, had to be taken out of the game now and then because he couldn't see the court like the coach could see the court. He could only see it through his own eyes. And that's what has been so exciting for me to have the opportunity to talk to you because you in your lifetime have had phenomenal experiences and have met with great people. And uh, have recognized, too, that greatness is not in what you've been able to accomplish. And greatness is the type of human being that you are and the impact that you make on others. And you've made such a positive impact on me, Gene. And, and I know that people have had the chance to, to listen and just get a little, little bits and pieces of, of your, your very full life. Um, are probably going to want to hear more. Um, well, you know, Larry, I tell you, you know, I think... Uh, if I can, you, know, you made me think about something that, okay, Okay, so you hit it in the woods, right? Yep. So now how many times you see people just walk up to the ball, find the ball and trying to hit it out of the woods. And one of the things that I think that you teach and I teach in golf is, okay, stop for a minute. You're in the woods, walk out of the woods, walk out to the fairway, look back at your ball, see where you want the next shot to go. You know, change, mm. your, change your perspective of what Beautiful. you're preparing to do. Wow. You know, because so many times people, they just walk up and hit it again and think, well, I want to go out there in the fairway. Well, and then they yeah. hit it and it goes too far, rolls into a lake, rolls into a bunker. But if they just would have slowed down, you know, mm. you know, walked out to the fairway, said, okay, it's 50 yards to here. If I hit it here, I've got a good angle to the, to the hole. And, uh, you know, I think that's what we all once again need to do is, okay, so you're going to make mistakes. You're going to hit the ball where it's not supposed to go. You're going to make bad choices in life, but you know, just don't continue, you know, stop, slow down, reevaluate, you know, where you need to be, where you need to go and then play your sh next shot, you know, to where 
you, I mean, you're playing from position A to position B, not to position C. And that slows things down. That I think um, many times in life, when I talk to my students, when I talk to you know people that are playing in competition, and I, I mostly coach competitive golfers today. And he said, yeah, I made a seven on the fourth hole. I said, well, how long did that take? He said, well, not long. <laughs> well, no, no kidding. Because, you know, you just, you, you just, you know, you just let, you just stop thinking. You know, Gene, you said something so profound that we have to go back to it a minute. And that was when you're in the woods, get out of the woods. Don't, don't hit out of the woods. Don't try to figure out how you're going to get out of the woods. Get out of the woods, go out to the fairway, walk outside, get out of your car, um, you know, get away from what it is you're doing so you can look at it differently. And you said perspective, which is just a key word in, in, in what I do. But when you shared that with me, that makes all the difference in the world because you're out of control in the woods. But you're not in your, but you're back in control when you're out of the woods because now you can plan your next move. And that was just so valuable that I just wanted to reiterate it um, because it's, it's an opportunity that continues to present itself to every single one of us. And as you know, as well as I do, if we don't figure out how we're going to handle things the first time we get them, then we're going to get them again. Life is not done with us. If we don't learn the lesson, it'll continue to bring opportunity for us to have the lesson again. And that's what's so phenomenal about this guy named Gene Grabick is that he not only teaches golf, he teaches life. And if you ever have the opportunity to, to have spend any time with him, you will come away with a different mindset. You will have a different perspective on your life, as I hope a lot of you have taken away from the time that Gene and I have had together today. So, Gene, do you have any um, last words or thoughts before we, we wrap this one up? Well, again, Larry, whenever I talk to you, you, know, you always uh, make me think profoundly. And, uh, <laughs> you know, but, but Thank you. you know, there's, there's nothing more embarrassing in life than to continue to make the same mistake. And, you know, you mm -hmm. said, you know, keep on doing what you've been doing and keep on getting what you're getting. But that's yeah. what I see in golf. That's what I see, um, you know, is that people don't take the time to learn from their mistakes. And, mm. and that's why when I work with my competitive golfers, when I work with my, my girls on the team, is I say, okay, let's, let's talk about what you just did. Think about, you know, try and reenact the way you were thinking. Tell me how, you know, tell me what the little voice was saying inside to you, you know, mm. like, yeah. I mean, come on. And, yeah. you know, so, so the next time this happens, you know that you're ready. And that, yes. that, that's the thing that's so, so critical in life is that, you know, we're all going to make mistakes and you just want to know that um, as we get older, I would like to be respected for my wisdom uh, for, okay, listen, Larry, if you've made that mistake once, I've made it 10 times, but it's now, <laughs> it's now my job not to let you make that mistake again. It's my job to recognize in you by knowing who you are, by having these conversations with you to say, okay, this is what I need to teach Larry so that when he is confronted with this situation in life on the golf course, he'll go, I can handle this. 
Beautiful. And you know what you've just done is you've, you've just told the mindset necessary to create the new play. So the next time the opportunity presents itself, you're going to have a different outcome. And it's been a pleasure, Gene. I, uh, I will have on uh, the website, when those of you have the opportunity to listen to this, we'll, we'll see how to get in touch with Gene. And um, it's just been a pleasure. It's something I think we need to continue because we've, you know, there's so many other areas we could spend time on. And if you're willing to come back, I'd love to have another opportunity to do another podcast with you. Well, Larry, I tell you, uh, I, I, I mean this sincerely. When I talk with you, uh, you re-energize me. You make me want to be, you know, better than I, you know, I, I want to be great. I mean, my my goal is I've, I've, I've lived, uh, you know, the good Lord's taking good care of me. And I've lived uh, several decades, but I, I still feel that there is this greatness inside of me that I still haven't achieved yet. And mm. that's, and when I talk to you, you, again, you re-energize that, that feeling inside me. So thank you for our friendship. Thank you for your wisdom. Uh, mm. That's so important to me. Thank you. Thank you very much, Gene. And, and, uh, stay on board and everyone, thank you so much for the time. Uh, remember no matter in your darkest moment or that next setback, Take the time to figure out what your next play is going to be, and you'll be delighted with the outcome. Thank you all. Until we meet again. Thank you for listening. In his next episode, Larry dives deep into the insights revealed from the last three episodes. He discusses Steve Gardner's epic climb and what it takes to overcome adversity, Courtney's quest for high performance without compromising work-life balance, and Gene's uncanny ability to assist others in taking strokes off their game in both golf and life.